welcome to Head Start, the podcast for race directors and the business of putting on races. If I told you race marketing, what kinds of things come to mind? Facebook ads, maybe? Maybe Google ads? But what about your race website? Is that optimized for search engines? When people search Google for your race, or even more importantly, for a race like your race to enter, is your race website the one they find at the top of Google search results? Today, we're going to be talking about SEO, a huge missed opportunity to get more qualified people to discover your race on Google. And why is this so important? Well, A, because it's free, B, because it can get you tons of traffic and potential participants, and C, because very few people are doing it as well as it can be done. And that's where the opportunity lies for you. My guest on today's episode, Corey Jenneman, knows a bit about SEO, having spent countless hours ranking his awesome race listing site, runguides.com, to the top of Google search results pages. And as you'll see, Corey loves gigging over keywords and structured data and the like, as do I, to be honest. So stick with us for a fun-filled SEO chat. Before we go into all that, though, a quick shout-out to our podcast sponsor, Give Sign Up, Run Sign Up, the leading all-in-one technology solution for endurance and fundraising events. More than 22,000 in-person, virtual, and hybrid events use Give Sign Up, Run Sign Up's free and integrated solution to save time, grow their events, and raise more. Many thanks to our friends at Give Sign Up, Run Sign Up for supporting our podcast. And if you want to know more about amazing technology that can transform every aspect of your next race, take a minute to visit runsignup.com. That's runsignup.com. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure to subscribe on your favorite player. And if you have a minute, consider leaving us a review. We really appreciate any feedback you may have to offer. Okay, now let's get into this amazing episode. Corey, welcome to the podcast. Panos, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Um, how are things in Vancouver? Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty good. I actually had a, a very exciting day yesterday. I found a ten dollar bill on the ground in the parking lot. So this is a this is a big week. Wow. So so far, right? <laughs> big win. Ten dollars up. Ten ten dollars up. When do you ever find money on the ground? And when you do, when do you ever find a substantial amount like ten dollars? I know. You know, if my if my five year old ever found like uh, ten dollars on the ground, he wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah, he'd be rich. He came back the other day with like uh, his grandparents, I think, gave him like something to to buy a toy or something. Yeah. And he thought it was just a picture, like the the banknote. He he just <laughs> he he couldn't recognize what it was. So uh, thank God we're a little bit more uh, old school than that, and we can you know we 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 can pick up a ten dollar note when we see it. Exactly. We we know we know what's going on. <laughs> so you are the uh, managing partner at Run Guides Media. That's correct. So tell us a little bit about uh, Run Guides. I'm sure some of the listeners, particularly US-based and Canada-based listeners, would know a little bit about runguides.com at least. But tell us a little bit about like the whole company, what you guys do for races and race directors. Yeah. So yeah, I'm the uh, the managing partner, the co-founder of Run Guides Media. And our main property is our website, runguides.com, uh, which helps people find running races across North America. And, and soon, actually, we're going to be opening up uh, another couple international regions in the next quarter. So I'm pretty excited about that. But um, yeah, I mean, that's really, that's the main part of the business. <laughs> nice and simple, right? 
We help people find so runs. Ba- so basically, you're like uh, I, I think what 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 most people would call like a, a race calendar, like a race listing site. E- exactly. Yep. We're a directory of all the races happening. We have millions of runners coming to the site every year, looking for events, trying to find their next race, and we work with race directors to help them connect with those runners. Exactly. And 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 actually, I would say for people who are listening that that um, run guides in my opinion at least is one of the better uh, race calendar sites out there i mean it's it looks great it has a ton of visitors it's very easy to just put your race up there so uh, everyone listening in just take a note uh, visit runguides.com and see if your race is uh, is up there claim it or um, or post it there and and just that's just free traffic and actually we'll be going into race calendars a little bit further uh, later in the podcast when we discuss backlinks and stuff like that so today we're going to be talking about um, SEO me and you were having a call the other day you know like just uh, catching up on things and uh, i was looking for someone to have an SEO chat with and it just occurred to me that with all the work you have been doing with run guides like you're an obvious person and actually you are after we discussed it who would know quite a lot about SEO because essentially running running runguides.com is like running like hundreds and thousands of little mini race websites right it, yeah it, you know in it, to some level it is and uh yeah with us i mean we're i think we're on pace for next year we'll do like four and a half to six million visits and it's it's 90 percent organic google search like we don't pay for any ads or anything so yeah I'm, I'm excited to talk about it and it the core of what we what we do is search engine optimization it's also quite fun because i i believe you and i met due to me doing some seo uh work i was doing some backlink building and that's how you and i connected initially when was it a few years ago uh when when i found that you were linking to some of the other similar sites some of the other directories and i went oh hey can we, can we get run guides up on race director hq and, and here we are now exactly exactly so you know your stuff um i think that um that has to be said and also you're also i think quite quite passionate about seo when we're talking about this like you know it's and i i think it's one of those areas seo i was um i was talking to uh, tina wilmot from endurance sportswire like uh, a few weeks back another great side with with very uh you know like uh cute on seo and uh great site you know, i've subscribed to their email list Sorry, go on exactly no no it's it's you know like everyone in this industry uh subscribes to that and and seo it strikes me like it's the kind of thing that people it's a bit of a rabbit hole once people get involved in it it's it's something that they get really passionate about and you know like they they keep on optimizing down to the very last fine kind of like uh, detail for sure and and i think too it's something that sometimes can be a little bit vague or a little bit intimidating because there are some technical aspects to it but at the end of the day the core of of seo in in my opinion at least is is your site useful to whatever that query is that that person's that that person happens to be typing in and there are some really easy things you can do to help your site be really useful for those queries and and give you a great chance of uh of ranking really well for them yeah i think that's an excellent point and one that we should jump straight into actually in a minute because that that pretty much captures 
uh, everything anyone needs to bo- to know about SEO at, at a high level, I think. So, but for people who are not familiar with even the term of SEO, can you give us like a, a, a quick a quick explanation of what SEO is about, particularly as it pertains to race directors and race websites? For sure. I mean, uh, you know, SEO, the definition of it is search engine optimization, and it's really about making uh, your site rank really well in the search engines for very specific keyword terms. Um, and again, I'm, I'm going to keep going back to this. It's, it's about making your site a useful tool for people when they're searching for those specific keywords, you know, for, for a race director, uh, and for, for events in particular, I always kind of see two levels to it. Um, your first level is, is my site ranking for the actual branded keywords by that? I mean, if, if you're the, um, Vancouver Marathon is is your site ranking really well for Vancouver Marathon and all the other major uh, keywords that go along with that the people are looking for results photos course like all of that stuff you your site should be ranking number number one for all of those right and then on the second level I always see it as a tool for race directors to get their event in front of people who are actively looking for races. And then of, of course, there are a number of different ways that we'll, we'll get into uh, around that. So how can you put your race in front of people who are in that discovery mode, uh, who are either looking at other websites or Googling around? And yeah, that, that's, that's how I see it most applicable to events. And actually, yeah, I think, I think that's correct. And actually I would say of those two, the one that's most important and also probably most overlooked by race directors is the second category, right? Because, you know, the branded thing, you're in a pretty dire spot if you can't get your Vancouver Marathon website to rank for Vancouver Marathon, right? I mean, you should be doing things actively pretty badly to not get there, right? I mean, Google is going to figure it out whether, you know, you have technical SEO or all the stuff we're going to get into. So that, that is the easy bit. The most difficult bit, and one probably that's not very central to people's awareness is ranking for terms like, you know, fast marathons in BC, right? So that kind of thing, which which actually is your target audience. They're not looking for Vancouver Marathon, but they're exactly the kind of audience who also through their query have expressed the intent to find a site like the Vancouver Marathon site, right? Exactly. And I mean, like, if you look again at search intent, right? Someone who is um, searching for your branded keywords, uh, Vancouver Marathon results, Vancouver Marathon 2022, that person already kind of knows what they're looking for and they're going to find you. Now, when you look at these other searches, someone who's searching for uh, fast marathon in May, they've got their wallet out. They're looking to register and how can you help them find you? And that's, yeah, I think that's what we'll get into today. Exactly. And, and that is what, what I think technically is called um, search intent, right? Is that you can understand from the query when someone types in, for instance, you know, as you said, fast marathons in May, you know that someone who's looking, you know, they're not, they're not like fooling around or doing a poll for marathons in May. They're actually looking for a fast marathon to do specifically in May. And if you if you get your your website in front of that kind of person, there's a good chance that they might register for your event, and that's exactly the kind of query you're going to go after. 
Yep, absolutely. They might register. They might, you know, you also give them an opportunity to find your site and hopefully get on your email list, which um, is going to be one of your highest converting marketing tools as a race director as well. So, you know, I was looking actually uh, doing some research for this episode. I was looking at um, Run Signups Race Trends Report, which is a, a very, very helpful report sort of capturing what's happening with run sign-up events, which of course are a large percentage of the market. And I saw there that actually organic search accounted in, back in 2019, which was, I suppose, you know, the, the last normal year we've had so far. It accounted for 30% of inbound traffic to run sign-up registration pages, which are like, like the runguides.com pages. They're like, you know, mini websites essentially, right? They describe the event and everything which is quite a lot, you know, 30%, uh, particularly if you compare it to the only higher channel of traffic, which is referral through race calendars, et cetera, which is a similar type of traffic. And what's surprising to me is that although 30% of traffic to race websites comes from Google, you very uh, rarely hear people, even in our group on, on Facebook, discuss organic traffic and SEO as like you know something that they'll need that they would like to focus on as part of their marketing strategy, just not on people's radar. Do you get that? Yeah, I, I I do to some degree, and I think again it can be a little bit of a where do I start? What are some easy things that I can do? It, it, it can be vague for a race, right? Hey, I'm ranking well for my race keywords. All right, where do I go? Where do I go from here? That and I mean some of this stuff is say looking at backlinking when we get into that which is a a fantastic thing that that people should be doing going out and building backlinks you have to do that it takes effort long effort over time right and you just have to be consistent at it and chip away at it and it will eventually pay pay dividends for you so that, that could be why <laughs> no i think sure. that's definitely one i mean everything we're going to be discussing today seo all of this stuff and you know you know it better than anyone you're playing the long game Right. It's not it's not like a Facebook ad or something which, you know, you turn on today and you see a click in the next minute. It's something that you work on. You know, the soonest you'll see results would be, you know, in the earliest in like a few months. Right. Two, three months for, for things to kick in. And then you'll need to be on top of things, you know, like Google's own lag algorithms change a little bit. Like you need to be doing little tweaks sort of, you know, like you need to steer a little bit. Uh, but you only to put all that upfront effort. And I guess, you know, it's only human to not be very excited about having to do a lot of work that will not pay off immediately. Yeah. Or, or as well. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, or, or as well, uh, you know, it's, again, so many avenues you could go down. What are some real simple things that, that, um, uh, that you can do? I know myself personally, whenever I'm faced with a, a vague, uh, a project with a goal, but no concrete steps on how to get there. It kind of freaks me out a little bit. There, um, yeah, there's some some good resources. Let's get in. Let's talk about some specifics here. Because <laughs> okay, okay. So first thing I want to do before we go into specifics, actually, is go back to the point you made earlier, which I think is really important. Right? We need to, I think, start from what is Google trying to do with search and search results, right? And and what should be your approach to things? Because you were saying earlier that really all you need to do is help Google do its job, right? Which is present the best results for, you know, basically match information with the people looking for it. That, that's all Google cares about. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, it it wants to present you the the searcher with the most helpful resource possible to that query that you've typed in. And and that is the mindset that you when you're when you're thinking about search engine optimization should be taking, right? What is the intent behind the search? And how can I best help answer that that question, that intent? That, that's that's the basics of it. Yeah. Because back in the day, and I mean like maybe, you know, like 10 years ago or something, and, and pe- people who will go into SEO will come, will will sort of come across these terms. There used to there used to be a lot of people trying to essentially game Google, right? There were lots of people who thought, you know, like they, they were like they were like, okay, let me figure out how Google runs stuff and let me sort of back engineer from there what I need to do to basically game Google to put my results on top of search pages. But then people realize that Google is just a little bit too smart for that and it's getting a lot smarter, right? Absolutely. And this is why they put out all these all these updates, right? Usually the Google updates are saying, I mean, here's a great example. Like way back in the day, you used to do what was called keyword stuffing, right? Where you'd say, oh, I want to rank for fat, yeah, let's fast 5K or something. So you just go in and you'd write, you'd make sure you wrote fast 5K or different variations of that term um, you know, 20 times on a page. And it creates a terrible page that is an awful user experience and it creates grammar that is not written the way that people speak or read. And yeah, it worked for a, a short period of time, created some awful websites out there. Um, but yeah, Google makes an adjustment and, and their adjustments continue to be, is this useful? So things, I mean, things they're looking at is the content on the page relevant to to that query like it actually you know go it does go through the text but not in a way where it's like what are these words on the page um like is that exact word repeated next amount of times it doesn't do that um it would more look at when a person clicks onto your website did they stay for a little bit of time and actually read what's going on or did they click on your website instantly leave and then click on the next result um you know that would tell it that the next result might be more relevant do they click through on on your um, on your site either to another page within the site or um, off to an external link? Like so, you know, with, in our case, people are typically coming through into our race calendar. They say they're searching for I don't know Dallas runs or something. Then they're finding a a run page on our site, and then they're clicking off to to that run. We give people an external or an executive summary rather of the race. And then we send we want them to go to the official race website where the best information is going to be. So Google sees that chain and it goes, oh, okay, I think that that was probably a useful experience and it will reward uh, people's sites for that. Exactly. Which is why it's completely impossible and just a waste of time to try to basically game Google. It's just, I mean, it, it works now. What you were referring to there, which is their... Um, this thing they introduced a couple of years ago, the the rank brain algorithm, which is you know artificial intelligence, and you know Google does artificial intelligence better than anyone else. It does exactly as you say. So you know, like Google doesn't have to figure out from the from the words on your website whether it was helpful. It can see what people are doing, right? So basically, Google says, okay, someone's looking for a fast 10k. I think that result from you know like Vancouver Marathon is going to be helpful. Let me put it up there. And people don't click on it or they click on it and then they immediately go back. 
or they click on it and you know they they don't spend any time and they move on and then google figures out just from that that you know i i don't need to know what the page says actually all i need to know is that serving that result to that visitor for that query didn't get them the answer they wanted yep absolutely absolutely and you know we can you can do things that kind of um help google make those initial decisions right where you're looking at um setting up something like a like a title tag or a meta tag on the site you know for people who who don't know what that is that would be basically a page title uh and this is something called a uh a meta title uh that you can manually apply onto the page that just says what what is this all about um so you know a practical example for a race director would be your main page is typically the year of your event and then your event title and perhaps one or two of your main distances then you have your meta description again some very simple uh one or two sentences about what it's about again this is going to be not like a stuffed thing that says keyword distance distance blah 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 but an actual executive summary of what of what people hope to see and then and then for each section of the site kind of like adding that stuff in just to give google a little bit of a head start and then it's going to it's going to take a look at that and it's going to take a look at how people behave in your page and it's going to go all right did is what you're saying what you're actually delivering if yes let's reward you if not mm. yeah and and actually it's it's not at all unheard of in fact it's quite common for google to not even use the description that you prescribe in your page sometimes right oh, yeah. if it if it's irrelevant if it's misleading if google feels that there's other content on the page that is more relevant to that query it would show that the, sa- the same way that basically on your gmail or something you see the subject of the email and then a little bit under it which right which tells you sort yes. of like you know what the email might be about google when they when it shows you the search results it will try to pull out of that page the bit that was relevant so if someone for instance searches for fast 10k if it's not on your description but it's somewhere else on the page it will take out that paragraph and show it as part of the search results to show you where where your query is in context for sure 100 100 and this is where um we're gonna i'm gonna jump a little bit ahead on in this because th- this is very relevant um this is where having things like a an faq section can be so beneficial to an event because people uh that are are kind of long tail searching and and by that i mean you have what we call the long tail in searches you have a small percentage of keywords that um are going to make or a small percentage of high value keywords largely search for keywords that are going to make make up a certain portion of traffic so um marathon or something right very very competitive keyword if you're trying to rank for marathon it probably gets a ton of search volume but they're going to be a very it's going to be a small percentage of your overall traffic what you're going to see is all these smaller lower volume keywords that actually make up a ton of traffic that you can capture marathon in may marathon in british columbia that is fast like weird things like that and so one of the things that you can do because yeah, as you're saying google is scanning your site and trying to pull some relevant information and show that as a bit of a preview to people is having like an FAQ that would answer common questions about either your race or something that's very close. Um a uh, one good example might be uh how far is the 
Vancouver Marathon. It's kind of a weird example. <laughs> what is the fastest Vancouver Marathon time? Sort of things like that or other other sort of questions. And you can kind of figure out what those are by doing a bit of keyword research and through some trial and error and form these FAQ sections on your site that are like genuinely helpful to people. Um, and what is the elevation of the Vancouver Marathon? Vancouver Marathon is getting a lot of love on our examples today. Maybe That's I okay. That's switch okay. it up it's to a, another another race. It's just familiar to me because it's, you know, it's... it's sure, in, sure. It's a Canada-flavored episode today. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, b- building something like that allows you to present some other information in a helpful way and allows you to potentially rank for for some of these long tail queries um, from people. Yeah, and actually FAQs is something that uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about um, uh, later in the podcast. I agree, it's a, it's a total goldmine for long tail keywords and just, just natural type of content that would be helpful for people. And to your example, to be honest, you shouldn't even want to rank for a keyword like marathon, right? What does, what does, you know, someone typing in marathon, what does that mean? They're looking for the oil company. They're looking for like the history of the marathon. What are they looking for? They're not looking for your site. They're not looking for your race to enter. So you shouldn't worry about that. Exactly. Exactly. So let's put a few kind of like terms and stuff, because, you know, hopefully when people are going to be moving on from this episode and trying to further educate themselves on SEO and take this to the next level, they may want to be familiar with, you know, some ways that SEO is discussed out there in content, so they should look for the right stuff. So first term that comes up quite a lot is um, so-called technical SEO. So do you mind um, telling us a little bit about what that is? For sure. I mean, the way I see technical SEO are these are things that you can do to the actual code of your website uh, in order to tell the search engine spiders and, and so, you know, when I when I say like a search engine spider, basically Google and I'm going to keep referring to Google because it's really about 90 percent of the search out there. Sure. So you want to optimize for Google and then figure you know, the rest will kind of follow. But um, it, it's going out there and it's it's literally sending these robots out there called search spiders. And it just looks at every single site in the entire Internet. And then they gather information from that. Uh, and then they try to figure out what the site's about and then they present it in search results and then you know, then decide whether it's relevant or not, and they bump it up and down. But um, yeah, for me, technical SEO is anything you're doing to the actual code of your site to help aid those search engine spiders in their journey. Right. And that sort of technical SEO strictly kind of excludes the content itself. It's about more like sort of like the wiring and the infrastructure that then helps the content be more easily digestible by those by those Google bots. Absolutely. That's that was a fantastic description. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Which then takes us on to the next familiar term to technical SEO, which I think technical SEO sort of belongs, which is on-page SEO. So what is that? Yeah, I mean to me on-page SEO again is is manipulating the content on your site, the actual you know, the actual stuff people are seeing, like, well, what sort of text do you have up there? Do you have a map? Um, you know, any of that? And how are you arranging that so that it is the most useful experience for people? What, what does your navigation look like? Do you have a section for race results and photos? Or is this just like, is that not even on your site? And then beyond that, of course, uh, that people might be surprised to hear exists is 
off-page SEO. So you can even do stuff for SEO that has nothing to do. I mean, that doesn't take place within your website, right? And that's things like yeah. what? I mean, the, and the off-page SEO, I think for, for events is one of the best things you can be doing. And, and this is how can you use other sites that are, are ranking well for the keywords that you are after to drive traffic back to you? I mean, link building is, in my opinion, one of the, one of the best things you can be doing there. So yeah, again, this is, this is looking at other sites that are not, you know, it's not your website. They're ranking well for things. How can you use that to get traffic back? I mean, we're going to touch on that a little bit later when we when we discuss backlinks and backlinking strategies and all that. But do you mind um, giving us like a quick preview into the whole concept of page juice, as it's referred in the industry? I mean, it's really, this is um, this is like the Internet's, uh, what would you call this? Almost like the Internet's vetting system or referral system. But essentially what uh, Google does is it says, okay, how many other sites are linking back to your site? And what are those sites that are linking back to you about? Uh, if you are a, uh, a race and you have a whole bunch of running directories or maybe a whole bunch of run bloggers or um, sporting news sites linking back to you, then your race is, is probably pretty relevant and the search engines will reward that. If you have a whole bunch of spam sites linking back to you, um, it's going to say, ah, I don't give a lot of credibility to, to these links. So that is, and they, and they, I mean, yeah, we call that uh, link juice. Uh, so <laughs> that is, uh, that is more or less how, how, uh, how that works. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the, the juice, that, that value of authority between sites sort of like, you know, trickles down between one site to the next through, through links kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. There's a, there's another metric there that we look at called uh, called PageRank, and really, again, this is the this is Google's way of of attributing some significance to a site. So, you know, the higher the PageRank, the more of an authority that um, uh, that that site has. Exactly, which means not to sort of preempt the discussion we're going to have in a in a few minutes, but which means that you know, getting one link, from instance, back to your website from the New York Times, say can be worth, you know, like a thousand links from much, much lower ranked and lower authority websites. Absolutely. Let's um, take a quick look at uh, technical SEO, which we said was basically everything that happens on your page that doesn't have to do with content, just the wiring and the stuff, the, the, the way your website is set up. What kinds of things within technical SEO should people be aware of and mindful of and try to to improve about their website? Yeah, I mean, w when I look at technical SEO, th the first things I, I tend to look at are the page structure of the website. So what pages do you have on your site? What is the hierarchy there? And by that, I mean, you probably have a main homepage. Then under that, it's going to be linking off to a couple other pages. What, are, what do those pages have on them? What are the meta titles, meta descriptions of those pages? And are your pages linking back to each other? Again, thinking of this in the journey that the search engine spiders are taking through, can it easily get to all of those pages? And then are all the pages on your site, do they actually exist? Or are you linking off to like a bunch of dead pages that have no content? 
these are kind of some of the things that I, I start to look at on at the very top level, which again, for most people who are uh, producing events, it's pretty easy, right? Like you, you just want to have a few pages that have your most relevant content that people are looking for. And you want people to be able to easily navigate to those pages. The second area that I look at, and this is almost like a more advanced technique, is to start to tell the search engine spiders what some of the actual data is um, by doing what's what's called marking it up and actually saying, hey, this is a date. This is a location. I mean, we'll get into markup, which is, I think, probably one of the most important things you can do about, about your SEO. But just on what you were saying about site structure and, and linking and stuff, I think it's fair to say that the same concept that we discussed a minute ago about link juice and how basically that propagates and, and grants importance in Google's eyes to different pages also holds true of your own website, basically. So, so pages that are close to your homepage they receive more visibility in terms of how Google views it, right? And if you have a page that that is, is, is you know, like five links removed from your web page, Google is going to naturally categorize as like a, a lesser page to rank, basically. Yeah, yeah, it will it will to some degree for sure. Uh, so like it, it, the, at the, the most basic level, it does look, you know, often websites are going to look like... Uh, like an org chart, right? You've got your your one sort of main thing and then it kind of um, trees out from there. And it will naturally assume that your global homepage is probably the most important page. But you sometimes will find that some of the other pages end up being quite significant based off of what people are are searching for. And But you, you are right. Like it, it initially, a, a page that is a... Um, maybe three degrees removed from another page might not be seen as as significant uh, to, to the user. And again, for, you know, for race directors, I personally wouldn't overthink this, this section. This stuff is um, certainly important uh, for someone like myself who has, who has a directory site. You know, I, I paid a lot of attention to the hierarchy initially um, thinking, okay, we've got the run guides homepage. Then we've got a race calendar for a city. Uh, and then we may actually want to have a race calendar of specific distances in a specific city or region. Uh, and then we actually have a event page, which is an executive summary of the event. And how does, you know, there is a hierarchy there for a race director. I mean, your site's not going to be that large, usually probably 10 pages or less. You can do, you can do it in like five pages, even and do you think for a website like that, which I agree, generally race websites are fairly contained, that um, sitemaps, for instance, is is something to worry about? You know, for for a small site like that, I I wouldn't worry about it too much, to be honest. So a sitemap is literally a a list of all the pages on your site that you are. It's often if you're using a uh, if you're using WordPress or, or something like that, it's 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 pretty much auto generated and that's sent into the search engines. However you can modify those or you can manually submit them to the search engines and say, hey, here's a list of all the pages on my site. I'm just making it really easy for you to find all of those. Some, you know, p- someone like myself um, who we have, I don't even know, probably 10,000 pages on the site. We definitely submit a site map and we go kind of go through that and go, are we submitting everything? Are we accidentally submitting things that we shouldn't be that are kind of dead pages? So for someone like myself, it's definitely important. 
if you have a, a smaller website, I wouldn't stress about it too much. It's you're already getting that that website indexed. Yeah, another thing about that, and again, it's not super relevant to smaller websites like race websites, but but it can be, I guess, in some cases, is that generally in terms of sitemaps and and pages you submit, you know, Google will sometimes not index some pages, uh, and that and that goes also for race websites if they're if they have very thin content. Or they're kind of like you know admin type pages, your your contact page, right? Which only has a form or something like that. And and you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't hope to have those pages ranked because they're not really relevant in terms of what you're trying to do with with SEO. Yeah, abso- absolutely. It is good to identify some pages that you might actually not want to have ranked. You can check to see if they're ranked uh, in Google by uh, doing a search string where you go site colon and then you know, type in a URL, uh, either just your root domain. By that, I mean, with us, it would be like site colon um, runguides.com, or you could you could site colon a specific page in your site. And if it is getting indexed, it will show up in, in those results. But yeah, there are times where there might be sections that you, you actually don't want to show because it's not useful content to people. Or as you said, maybe it's what's called thin content, which is it just doesn't really have much on the page. An example, uh, say with with us, I'll just give you a, a practical example of some thin content we have. Is we have a we have pages that have re, uh, runs in a specific region for a specific month for a specific distance. Now, if you're looking for an 8K run in the month of November in uh, Saskatchewan, you're probably not going to find much, <laughs> if anything. So. For me, I don't want that page uh, necessarily ranking. It's much more useful. Even if someone is searching for 8K in November in Saskatchewan, uh, you know, they're sure there are like 10 people out there uh, that are searching for that. I would just rather put them to the main race calendar. And, and so we can either exclude that uh, and tell Google, look, don't index this. Or we can do what's called a canonical uh, URL. And we can add that to the page. And that basically says to Google, actually, the content on this page is pretty much the same as the as the content on this other page that's more significant. So really, you want to treat you know the, the main slash runs calendar page as the as the most relevant content for this weird November query. Send the person there. And that ends up ranking the other one gets buried. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, that's indeed what you do. This is not, uh, I think, an, a problem most race directors yeah. would have with, with their uh, <laughs> with their websites. And actually, we should say to this point because you mentioned WordPress that a lot of the things we're going to be discussing now around technical SEO. If you have a website, you know, like one of the websites, let's say that are on Run Sign Up, where you can build your own website, or if you have a website you know, through Wix, WordPress, Squarespace, all of those, all of those website building uh, platforms, you probably don't have to worry about a lot of these things because, you know, those, those website builders are optimized for taking care of this so long as you provide some information, like, as you said, like your, your, your page titles and descriptions and stuff. So if you have a website like that, the discussion we're going to get into um, in a minute about content and, and on-page stuff is going to be more relevant. But if you do actually have a website, 
that sort of is either uh, built from scratch and even WordPress, because you know, like there's a lot of things you need to set up on WordPress uh, yourself. That's things you need to you need to keep on top of. Sorry for interrupting myself here, but this is a really good point for me to tell you a little bit about Give Sign Up Run Sign Up's free websites. We were just talking, weren't we, about website builders like Wix and frameworks like WordPress you can use to build a race website from scratch fairly easily, perhaps in the case of WordPress with the help of a developer. Well, you know what's even better than that? Building your website on Give Sign Up Run Sign Up for free. With WordPress and platforms like Wix, it's going to cost you a few hundred dollars per year, maybe, to build and maintain your site. With Give Sign Up Run Sign Up, you can build an awesome, customizable, purpose-built race website for absolutely nothing. All this stuff we're talking about here on Technical SEO, your Give Sign Up Run Sign Up website can do out of the box. Your website will automatically pull in all key details about your event, like your race's name, date, and location. And that's to ensure potential participants and Google can always find your event details. You can also customize your website to match your event branding and colors, add or remove pages, and build the whole site in minutes using the point-and-click tool. And best of all, obviously, the whole website is optimized for getting people to sign up for your race, which no WordPress or Wix theme can do for you. So my advice is, when you have a sec, Head over to runsignup.com, that's runsignup.com, and just check out some of the race websites though, just to get an idea of the different looks you can achieve and how awesome your website could look. And I'll leave it at that. Now let's get back to the episode. Next up, very important part of SEO this, using structured data to earn more real estate for your website on Google search results pages. So let's move on to structured data and markup, which is one of my favorite and and most valuable parts of of technical SEO, right? You were saying earlier about marking up your event. Do you want to elaborate on that? For sure. Uh, And I mean, for for us at RunGuides, this was actually one extremely significant uh, thing that that we did. But uh, you, and and this is a great thing for race, race directors as well, you have a bunch of information on your page, right? A bunch of text, uh, some images, uh, possibly a map, things things like that. And what you can do by marking up this data is you can tell Google exactly what type of information that is. You can say, this is a date. This is a distance. Now, the benefit to that is Google will often then display that data in a slightly more different. And by that, I mean, you're going to get a whole lot more real estate uh, way in search results. This is often referred to as a rich snippet. Um, And you will often kind of see this, you know, when you do a a Google search and then above the search results, and, and I can't remember if it's above or below the ads, but you'll, you'll have a, just a gigantic box, maybe with a thumbnail image preview um, maybe with uh, some sort of date or location information that looks completely different, and it really stands out. And if you can score those spots, I mean, that's a that's a ton of clicks. So marking up your data is a way for you to to explain to the search engines, hey, this is a date, and it gives you a chance to rank in those rich snippets. They aren't guaranteed at all. They just kind of randomly appear sometimes for some searches, and they will randomly disappear. Uh, as well. And there doesn't seem to be any kind of rhyme or reason behind it. 
uh, that at least that I know of. So if you do, please let me know. <laughs> but the way that you can do that is you can use something called the Google Structured Data Markup Helper Tool. And I'm hoping <laughs> this is actually what it's called. And you plug in your website into this tool. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we'll have some show notes or whatever so we can you know, put links to all these, all these tools Absolutely. that we talk about after because there are, these are all free tools that anyone can use. So you have yep. the Google Structured Data Helper Markup Tool. You, they need to acronym that. You pull up your website and then you literally just like highlight chunks of it. And then you say, this is a date. This is a distance. It then gives you uh, a piece of code uh, that you can paste into the site. And if you're using WordPress, Wix, Squarespace, any of that, that's usually pretty straightforward uh, to do. Plug that in there. There you go. Your structured data is, is now on your, on your site and you're helping the search engines understand what's going on. For races, so for myself as a directory site, this is very, very important. For a race, uh, one really fantastic practical example of, of how this is important is where's your start line? And you know where's your race actually located? And if you have the address of the start line, what this does is it, it gives one location-based indicator to the search engines on on where you're located. And that does, you know, that it's it's a small, small little thing, but that gives you an opportunity to potentially rank for a location-based generic distance keyword uh, in your region. And that person who's looking for a local 5K, local 10K, half marathon or whatever, you know, now you have a slightly better chance of, of finding that person. Exactly. I think, I think that is absolutely key, right? I, I think, you know, race directors being in the business of putting on events, you should at the very least, and we'll go through a few different types of markup you could do, but you should be at the very least marking up the race on your website as an event. So there's a special type of markup you would do to basically, as you say, tell Google that I am describing an event here. Like, and that's the date of the event and that's the location of the event. And also that's the logo of the event. And also that's where you can get tickets for the event that can be helpful. And then Google takes all of that. And rather than showing just a generic page result, which you said very, uh, very astutely there with the real estate, it expands that and it says, this is an event result, not a generic page result. This is an event. That's when the date is. That's how you can get to, you know, that's where the location is and everything. And just to expand a little bit on what you said there about, which is also extremely um, uh, true and helpful, the location side of thing, or even the start date of your event. When someone goes in, you know, and says, find me, like I'm looking for a marathon near Vancouver in November. If you haven't marked up your event, who might be a marathon near Vancouver in November, right, with the location and the date, Google will have a very hard time bringing your page as part of the results to the user who's who's looking for that because they don't know. I mean, you have a date on your website, you have some locations, but they can't figure out that all of these things come together into an event. Whereas if that's all there, you know, like whenever someone searches for marathon near Vancouver in November or whatever, and your result matches the November and the Vancouver, you have a good chance of actually appearing in those results. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And the other thing, actually, which I just tried before we we came on air, is that you know, lots of people I saw speaking of keywords that we're going to go into in a minute. Because again, like people who search Google, the other thing is they don't necessarily know how search works and Google works, and you know, use all of those as you were say, saying earlier, all those like site colon and all of those fancy w- ways of of searching. Uh, more smartly, right? They just type whatever they think is going to get them back their query. And you see some queries which are like, you know, Boston qualifying races near me. Near right? me? I mean, oh, it's, um, I, exactly. I well, really excited. Talk about the near me bit. Yeah, this, this is a really one of the, the biggest trends in search um, uh, in the last like couple of years is people switched from searching you know, Boston qualifier marathons in wherever to near me, you're on your phone and you're like 5k near me, like 5k near me is one of the uh, highest search for keywords in, in general, like running that there is right now. And yeah, that, and, and how does Google figure out what is near, near you? It's looking at geolocations and, and it's, it's looking at structured data. And so it's such an easy, that one's like a fairly, I think, quick and easy win uh, for people. Again, if you if you have a if you have a map with a a um, in an actual embedded map or even just an address written on there, like you're good. You're, you're that's that's 80% of the battle, but then you can you can get that bonus round with by marking up that data. So yeah. I think if you have your site listed on runguides.com or other race calendars, as many people do and should do, you guys who run run guides and the other race calendars, you know, they you do a great job of marking up this stuff. And, you know, probably when someone goes into Google to do that search query, they'll get back one of your results. But it would be great for race directors if their website was coming up. So it comes up on top of all of these results. Absolutely. And, and I mean, and, you know, hopefully it does. Like, I, I don't want to be outranking uh, race directors for their own their own websites. We want, we want people to be coming to the site and then clicking off to them because at the end of the day, they're, they're going to have the most useful information. Like, we've got an executive summary, um, but you're the one that's going to be able to sell your event. Get those people onto your email list uh, where you can then convert them into uh, into runners. We mentioned the event markup, basically, you know, going in and, and marking up an event. What other types of kind of like information do you think would be helpful for people to think about marking up on their website besides just the events? Honestly, I think that would be more or less what I would focus on. If I if I was a race director, uh, I would I would just focus on that a simple like date, distance, location, register and mark that up and 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 you're probably good at that point if a website has an faq section marking that up as Mm -hmm. an faq adds anything to it or would google just discover stuff sort of on its own thank you for that that is a uh that is one that i absolutely missed yes your faqs you can mark things up as uh as questions and that is a fantastic way to rank for things. So yes, definitely mark up the uh, the FAQs as well. Because questions, uh, people may have noticed, is another kind of like special thing you get in, in search engine uh, results pages, right? You have, even if you look for any kind of query, there's always a little people ask for kind of like tab there that has questions that people ask for 
which link to specific sites. And those rank pretty high on the page. Absolutely. And that is, um, I mean, you've probably noticed that if you type in anything, you usually get that markup of a whole list of questions underneath your search query. And they keep, and you just expand it, expand it, expand it. You can go through a ton of uh, a ton of different questions there. So that is another gigantic trend. I can't believe I almost missed this. This is like bad that I almost missed the FAQ. It's another major trend. People looking, uh, searching, changing their searches through uh, from you know location whatever to near me. People are asking questions into Google. There's actually a fantastic book I read. Uh, a number of years ago, and I can't quite recall what it was, but people are extremely honest too in Google. So they're not afraid to ask what they think might be a dumb question because no one's judging them. And you can get like that. And so this book talks about what people actually search for. But yeah, you as a race, you as an event, uh, marking that up saying, hey, this is an FAQ section. These are questions and answers. Excellent way to score some really cheap and easy uh, rich snippets. And actually, as we wrap up now the, the the discussion on technical SEO, what you were saying earlier about real estate, I think it's important for people to understand why Google is a little bit like a winner-takes-all kind of thing and why basically, you know, although you can have like, you know, 10 pages of results, really most of the action happens at the top of the first page, right? I think I read a statistic somewhere that basically the first result on Google, the top result gets something like, you know, a third of the of the of the clicks of everything. And then maybe if you're like the first result on page two, you get maybe like one percent or something, right? Oh yeah. It's um yeah, it's something crazy like that. And and you know, we'll see it for keywords that we're going after where we'll kind of have low traffic, low traffic, and all of a sudden, oh okay, wow, something must have increased there. And it'll go cross-reference with our rankings. And it's like, oh yeah, we went from number you know, nine to number two or number three. Uh, and it really is, you know, those top few results um, are driving the vast majority of the traffic. Yeah, which also makes it really important then when you're doing your SEO and you're doing all this work, hopefully to improve the rankings of your site, that if you had to spend time, for instance, between, you know, moving a result for a keyword, you know, from position, you know, like 25 to position like you know 15 that's not going to move as much the needle as moving a result from like seven or eight to top three totally absolutely okay so moving on to uh, content content 101 about any of your pages is having a, a a good title and a good description and what does that mean exactly what 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 makes for a good title and a good description both technically and in terms of content yeah i mean it's 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 really short descriptive like it's this is an executive summary if i was to tell you you know ask you what is this page about you, can you tell me in 20 words or less is it actually what's your page what what your page is about that makes typically a good title that said it is wise to think of user intent around some of the keywords that you might be going after and make sure that it answers those things if someone is looking for half marathons in Portland is your page title Portland half marathon calendar and is your description find upcoming half marathons in and around Portland like there that would be a good title and, and, and good description uh, for for races you know do you have a page of results do you have a page of, of photos um, does it have a very simple 
executive summary of of what that's about and is it relevant to the to the user query that's that's more or less it and then if for for, for the main bit of a race websites which i guess which i guess for most people is describing the race right saying a few things about the race maybe you'll you'll mention your prizes and your swag and and all of that stuff basically right what should you think about there to make that part of the content as valuable in drawing in the right crowd as possible yeah i mean with with this this is where it kind of gets a bit funny like I would focus more on answering the questions that the user might have in a natural way. And I, I just, I wouldn't overthink trying to make it super specific. Like when people come to your race website, what are they looking for? Date, distance, register, course, swag, some cool photos, and a very simple executive summary about what this race is. Is it a Boston qualifier? Is it um, fast and flat? Is it really, really, does it have a whole bunch of vert? That is what I would focus on, on, on doing. Um, and I personally would tend to focus on short descriptions, vi- like videos, if possible. They're going to quickly answer those qu- questions. And I would avoid, I try to avoid uh, what I call like fluff, which would be Come check out this super awesome, amazing, exciting time. This will be the best day of your life, blah, 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 blah. It's like, that doesn't tell me anything. Um, I want to know what the race is about. Uh, and, that, and that's what I would focus on. Because again, now you're thinking more user experience. What is this person trying to do when they come to your website? Mm-hmm. And moving on to keyword research, how can I inform the text and the content in what I write with the kinds of things that people are looking for. Because, you know, like before we had this discussion and someone listened in, maybe they didn't realize that 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 highlighting flat or something or, or Boston Marathon qualifier or something would help them draw in more people. So, so how should they do the research to be able to write an effective bit of content on the site? So you can do some basic, what's called keyword research, which is finding out what people are actually searching for you know, when they're, when they're out there on Google, you can do that a few ways. Uh, so you can use tools like Google uh, Keyword Tool, which is a free tool that is part of Google AdWords, the platform that they use to run ads. You, don't, you do need to have an AdWords account, but you do not need to be spending any money on AdWords. And what you're doing there is you are plugging in a couple sort of what, what would be called like a broad keyword. Uh, maybe it's like 5K races or whatever marathons in you know, Vancouver, and it will give you a whole bunch of ideas on, oh, this is kind of stuff that people are searching for. And from there, you can kind of narrow it down and just see if there are any trends or, or any any kind of, um, ba- they call them baskets, but like groups of, of similar keywords. So you can use a tool like that. You can use something, uh, you can use a tool called Google Trends, which uh, shows the volume of keywords uh keyword searches and scores it off of 100 so if you were to say type in like 5k runs um at one period of time during the year it'll that'll have a score of 100 and that's like the period of time where it has the highest frequency of search um and again you can it gives you a few ideas and suggestions there as well and it will even do it regionally which is kind of cool additionally you can use something called google search console and this one's this one's pretty cool um, 
Search Console is kind of this platform that helps you measure like the health of your site, what's actually going on, a lot of the technical uh, elements of it. But it does show you what searches your website shows up for and how many clicks you're getting uh, for the website, for your, for your site as well. And that's an, a fantastic tool because you will see your site ranking and, you know, I, I, I don't know how deep they go, like, but I, it's pretty deep. Like maybe you're ranking on the fifth page uh, as long as you're delivering some sort of impression. And, you know, people will, <laughs> there'll be enough people that kind of, I don't know, <laughs> scroll through to, to bring it up. But you'll now see, oh, hey, I ranked for, I didn't know that people were searching for this. That's kind of interesting. Maybe maybe that could be relevant. Uh, so those are a few of the, the free tools uh, that you can use. I also use a, uh, a tool, this one's paid. They may offer a free plan for if you're kind of a lower lower traffic website, I can't quite recall, but it's a, a tool called Moz, M-O-Z, uh, and they have some built-in keyword research stuff in there as well. So Google Search Console, I think, is something uh, that everyone who has a website should be signed up for. It's basically, uh, you're kind of like, command center for all your organic SEO, like anything that has to do with Google and how it understands your site, it's there. So like, you know, it will tell you when when a page is uh, throwing an error, when it's not rendering correctly, you know, on mobile or whatever, when it's being very slow, it will give you all the traffic numbers for your website by page. It will not always tell you all of the queries that, that you know, because it's a little bit of a like, you know, it's sort of like the golden goose. So it won't exactly tell you every single query that gets people to your site, but it will show you the largest queries. And from that, as you were saying, you can sort of start, start thinking, okay, if, if people searching these terms come to my website, what other terms could I optimize for? Or, you know, like how can I improve on a given term to move from position 12, which seems to be a very high volume query, to position two, for instance, right? Yep. And you may find opportunities where you are generating a or appearing in a number of, um, you're throwing a lot of impressions, you're showing up a lot for a specific uh, query, but your click-through rate, the percentage of time that people are clicking through to your website is low. And so that tells you that their initial impression is you're not a very useful resource, um, especially if you have high impressions. That's like, you know, one of the things I do is I, I go in there and I go, okay, let's look at high impressions with a low click-through rate. These are potential opportunities. They're not always an opportunity. Sometimes it's just simply going to be, you know, something that you're ranking for, for some weird reason, because then you might make a tweak. This is where you may decide to change the meta description or title on that page if it's um, applicable. And you could see your click-through rate triple on there. So that's definitely a, yeah, Search Console is so good. One other uh, final way that you can do keyword research, which is pretty cool, is if you are running any Google ads, you can go back and see what keywords people used to trigger those ads. And you can then, and, and you'll often find like there'll be some sort of questions, things like that you can then go, oh, okay, cool. Maybe we're able to create some content for these search terms. Again, that's if, if, you're, if you're running Google Ads. It's also actually a, a great way to identify stuff that you don't want to rank for. Like we, 
we 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 do a, a little bit of paid ads and um i found out that the term like mayor uh is you know searched for a lot with the term race right and i'm like oh yeah of course like there's all these cities that are having election mayoral races <laughs> like, oh okay let's make sure we don't let's exclude that from our ads <laughs> yeah and actually the interesting thing about all this is that everything that we mentioned here about keyword research is also very crucial to uh running uh, google ads which is something we won't get into right now but it it's essentially sort of like the same gateway. You need to understand what keywords you want to go after, which is sort of part of this. And and again, keeping in mind that this is all about you. You're you're gonna f- see a whole bunch of. Uh, you're gonna get a basket, a list of keywords that have um, various search volumes. You're gonna see your site throwing impressions for a bunch of different keywords what you should be taking from all of this and and when you're talking about your on-page stuff is you're you're going okay what is this person's intent what are they trying to do and how can i make sure that my content serves an, an a, the best answer to that and and again for a lot of um a lot of events simply having your most basic information prevalent on the page with very simple, well-written executive summary content. And it's having certain subpages for some of the most highly searched for things. The The next phase in that would be creating, um, like Google calls it like 10X content, or you could call it like evergreen content. But that's where you want to start thinking of, okay, well, what are specific pieces of content that I could create that would um, be high value beyond the basics of date, distance, location, register button that people might find really, really interesting over a long period of time that could also have the potential to be shareable. Uh, So for example, if you find like, you know, everyone searches for races and results, right? Like that's, that's like what people do. So, okay. What, useful content can I create on my website, uh, on my event website, that is useful beyond just here are last year's results and an archive of the results? Well, what about like all-time results or interesting results across different categories? And, and that now forms the basis of an article that you can have on there that you know has the potential to be really interesting content that doesn't take you much time to ever update again in the future. But yeah, I mean, I like what is the fastest time ever run in the Vancouver Marathon, who did it? That's some interesting content that, again, making this is skipping ahead to the off-page stuff, but that can get shared around. And that can help you rank for keywords through other websites that are ranking for those sort of keywords. That's interesting. I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit later, but I think that's probably the, the, the right time to, to get into this. So writing content lots of people lots of people do it particularly you know like wordpress owners or people with like you know like an off the shelf kind of like already built website where there's no additional effort to have a blog or something they're thinking yeah you know I'll add, I'll add a blog to my race and obviously some people write posts you know that are quite ephemeral and you know they're about you know this week we did this or you know like price increase and then they share that through their mailing list which is fine but what do you think of what is called sort of like like a, like a content marketing strategy for races. Basically, building a blog, building content, just to get people through to your website. Do you think that works? It's a it's a it's a good investment of of resources. 
I do. I think it's, uh, I think if uh, done certain ways, it can be extremely, extremely valuable. Uh, and I think you should focus on, again, creating evergreen content stuff that's you won't really have. It's going to be timeless in a sense, and that may not really involve much effort to update. Here's a great example. Uh, you could do a, an article about uh, the archives or shows a uh, images of every single race medal from the you know the start of your race up until today it's interesting to people it's it's neat they want to go back and see you know what was the 1970 race what did that look like what, what did that race medal look like and how long does that take you to update after you've kind of done it could that work as content that draws in qualified users to your website so like for, for the piece that you mentioned there what kind of like journey or query would take someone back to that post? Yeah, I mean, in this per- that particular example, the way that I would use that content would be to then connect with uh, the, so in, in, in Vancouver here, for example, we have uh, the Daily Hive, which is kind of the what's going on in the city blog, like really, really popular, tons of traffic. And that is amazing content to feed over to them to then push out in there, hey, this is some upcoming events, but here's a cool look back at some of the city's history uh, in regards to running. And you know, you're casting a, a little bit of a broader net there. Um, however, you are now getting people engaged who may think, and especially you know, with running, like uh, the vast ma- majority of people, I'd say, uh, are likely doing, you know, maybe one or two races a year. And, and they, they have, I mean, of course you have people that run again and again and again, but a huge chunk of your participants are almost like one-offs, right? Like you're, you're they're going to do a 10 K and, and then that was their life goal. And they're, and they're good for, for a while. They might do another one. So something like that, interesting, engaging content to the average kind of person who may want to do one race, they're now going to go neat. Now that's what I might be thinking about. Uh, as far as like doing an upcoming race and you've gotten some uh, some exposure and that article that um, sure it's on your site but you know something like the the daily hive is going to rank a lot better for just like random like oh uh, run medals or runs with medals something like that query which is which is definitely a query that people search for uh, quite a bit Um, you're now have uh, a ranking opportunity for that so that would be user goes, runs with medals, finds this article either on your site or through Daily Hive and goes, oh, neat, that's kind of cool, checks you out. At least you now have some exposure. And that's going to sit there forever and it's going to take you 10 minutes a year to update. Okay, interesting, very interesting. So I, I didn't think of the runs with medals type of thing. I, I always keep underestimating how important medals are for love uh, runners out there. Yeah, they, they just come up everywhere, right? They, I mean, yeah. basically, yeah, you have a good... You have a good medal, or you, you you do something around medals, and people are gonna are gonna look for it. I, I have a uh, I, I I have an issue, which is I have some old race medals that they're kind of like they're just sitting around, right? And I don't know what to do with them. I always thought it would be fun to um to just melt them down into one big super medal, <laughs> big one. That'd be interesting. And find a smelter. Uh, I could. We wanted to do. We we still might do this. We wanted to do a promo where um uh or promo just like kind of a dumb thing that i do because i have more too much time on my hands sometimes where we wanted to solicit um extra medals from runners across north america 
melt it down into the world's largest metal and then just like throw a uh throw a race and if you win if you if you're in the race you get you get one ballot and someone will draw one and if you win you get you get the world's largest metal we'll ship it to you the super metal the super metal created created out of all the unwanted old (laughs) race metals wow another another practical anyway another practical use of say evergreen content would be uh, a train like training guides uh, as well, but specifically to regions, right? Like how to train to run a race in city or how to train to run a 10K in Pittsburgh, right? Like there, there will be some, some idiosyncrasies about the specific regions. Maybe there's specific areas of town that are really great to run in, something like that. I mean, this is, uh, again, going to potentially get you that person who goes, oh yeah, I want to, I want to just look for some good run training routes in and around this city. Oh wow, here's this guide that's branded and put out by the specific race. Very cool. And again, this is fantastic content to share with other sites who are um, uh, who are authorities in your region that are already ranking well for uh, generic event based content. And that, again, like things to do in May, things to do in um, June. So not quite run specific, but people that are looking for stuff to do. Uh, and now you're offering them some valuable, valuable content there. Yeah, that's super helpful because I was about to say that, you know, for me, the biggest waste of time is going on race websites and seeing every different race website have a blog post on a 5K training plan, which yeah. is not going to rank in a million years, right? As a generic 5K plan. But as you say, if you put the local routes, the local angle to it, yeah, you'll definitely get the right the right kind of crowd through. Uh, absolutely. And again, you know, this is content that will definitely take some effort to put together. But um, once you've created it, it exists and it doesn't really take too much to, to tweak it year to year. Super. Yeah, that's all really helpful on content. And I think we've started sort of segueing into off-page stuff. So, you know, like getting backlinks and getting, you know, like authoritative sites to um, to link back to your website and, and thus increase your authority in, in Google's eyes. What do you think should be a backlink building strategy that makes sense for someone who, who runs a race? Yeah, I mean, for for someone who runs a race, and and I'll preface this by saying uh, the backlinking strategy. So this is getting links on other websites that are ranking really well for uh, you know keyword terms that you may be after, or user intent that you may be after. And in your case, as an event um, producer, this is often websites that are focused on upcoming events in an, in in and around the city. This is going to be a bit of a long game and something that is kind of going to be ongoing. But the way that uh, that I approach this uh, when, I mean, when we're doing our own, our own backlink research is I just start by doing some Google searching, searching around for some keywords. You know, I've either I've done some keyword research or again, I like, I don't overthink this stuff. I'll just go, hmm, okay. If someone is looking for, you know, if I'm an event producer and someone's looking for upcoming events, what would they type in? Okay, let's just start searching around. And here are some suggestions that Google gives me for searches. Let's click on all of those. And now I'm going to make a list of uh, the sites that are ranking in the top 20 positions. Um, if I think that there's a potential for me to get some content on them. Uh, and 
one of the another actually one of the one of the really good ways to do this is in this one you do need a a, a tool for like i use i use moz.com is you identify sites that are linking to uh either like competitors or similar events like try searching for some of the other similar runs to you and maybe you find an article on a, a high value news site that happens to be talking about upcoming runs in a certain month and you notice that they have someone else listed and they, you you're not listed i mean that's like so easy to message those people and and say hey notice that um notice that you had this article about upcoming runs and um oh, you had these guys included and, you know, we're hoping that we can get included too. So I do some Google searching. I see who uh, is ranking for those uh, keywords. Then you really have to one by one figure out, is there a way for me to add value to this other page and link back to to my site as well? So how can, because, you know, you think of yourself as the other website owner. If I message you and just go link to me, you're like, well, I don't know, man. <laughs> what? Why? But if I if I can help you provide more value to people, then it's a win win, right? Yeah, and sometimes you'll find articles like uh, list articles where it would make sense and it would add value to have your event listed alongside other events, right? Maybe it, it, it's a local website or or a running club website. You know, I I often go to running club websites, which may be you know, two or three years stale and they, and they don't have all the races and, and my race might make sense to be part of those lists. I mean, it, it, it's, it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm spamming anyone. I'm just, I'm just asking you to improve the content on your site by including a relevant result. Absolutely. I mean, that is a fantastic example, you know, right there. Like if, um, think of like running clubs are the most hyper local directories that you can, you can have. Right. And that can be such an easy win to just message them and say, oh, hey, I noticed that some of this page content's outdated. Throw us on there. Again, going back to uh, you know the start of this conversation, that's how you and I met is I was, I noticed you had a resource page on your website that had some race directories and reached out and said, oh, hey, like I noticed you have some directories. We also have a directory. Can you throw us up on, 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 on the page? The easiest also too, I mean, the easiest links that any event producer is going to get and some of the best links and, and i'm not just saying this because i am a directory our directories absolutely we want like our mission in life is to help people find things and it's free i i, I don't I'm, I'm not sure about everyone i'm pretty sure it's it's always free to get listed on directories so yeah like hit up hit up the directories and and, and get on there uh exactly it's it's the easiest highest value link you'll you'll ever get yeah i mean Speaking of of race directories, um, the article that that uh, you know got us to to sort of um, email is still up on our website, uh, racedirectorshq.com. We have a a list of the of the top three U.S. race calendars and U.K. race calendars and international race calendars you can list your race on. It honestly is where you should start from, because race calendars. I mean, a as you said. They're, they're purpose built for that thing, right? So they have all the all the structured markup and everything because they're there for people to look for for events, and they also have the most qualified audience. They're almost like a mini Google for runners. That's where runners go to find events. So you know, if your race is not there, it's just 
He's just outright criminal. <laughs> and and then and then you know the next level is your um your just your local event sites as well, right? So yeah, here in Vancouver, uh, like Daily Hive is a great example. Um, I know like I think it's Blog To in, in Toronto. Uh, every city has one, right? Every city has that one. Here's what's going on, one or two, and making sure that you've messaged them to get included on their, hey, what, this is what's going on post. Because I mean, additionally, they're putting them up uh, often as a static page on their site, but that's going out to their social channels, their email lists, things like that. So I think those are really quick and easy wins. And then the next level is looking at uh, some more kind of robust content. And when you're, when you're, and when I say that, I mean, you're you're looking at a site and you're going, hmm, okay, these, this site ranks really well for ways to get fit in the summer. And what sort of value can I add to this to this post? Could I give them a little extra paragraph to add in there, some insight? Can I ask them if they're going to do a future post? And if so, I'd love to be quoted or love to provide them a link to this, you know, train run training in Vancouver article. Like and that's really where you have to get a bit creative, right? And you just have to think, what is content that I can provide to these people, uh, these other websites that they would be interested in and give value to their users? Yeah. And and back to the example, the, the really interesting example you mentioned um, earlier about you know, doing like local training plans or local running routes or something, you know, you can hit up any number of generic, you know, health and wellness lifestyle type publications, which always try to do content of, you know, you can do this in your area to keep fit or that or whatever, and tell them to include a link back to your race. And if it is a 5K, 10K race, particularly, it's the it's the perfect kind of like entry distance event that most of these people may, may choose to enter uh, after a point. Understanding too how they're distributing their content can help you a lot. Like, um, you know, this, we're talking about search engine optimization, but let's say, are these people, are these other websites, do they have email lists? Are they sending things out? Again, that can be, I'll use the local running routes, local training example. If they're sending out emails, often, often websites are, that do that a lot, especially local, um, what's going on directory sites are desperate for content. And, you know, you can, you can say, well, Hey, you're, I noticed you're sending out emails or it looks like it because you have an opt-in. Here's a great piece of content that you can include in one of your upcoming emails. And then that like direct links back to you. So now they're going to send that out to their email list, uh, hopefully generate some traffic back to that page. Um, Hopefully you provide a good user experience for the people that come onto there. That's going to help you potentially rank up for, for some of these um, longer tail keywords. And, and again, and I keep, keep saying this, but like anything you do, anything you create there, think about, how is that helping improve someone's experience or helping them address what they're actually searching for that's like relevant to my race? So one other one other actually um, important thing before we uh, move off uh, race calendars and listing sites is the benefit you get when you actually have um, things like reviews on those websites, right? And and I think it's a it's a dual benefit both the words of the reviews, right? Give you some long tail keywords and people talking about, oh, awesome metal or whatever, right? Which may come into SEO. But also if you have a listing on something like run guides or, you know, I had I had the, the guys from Race Check and Race Raves a couple of episodes back, which are 
dedicated on, on building reviews, then you also get your event to show up on Google when those results come up with a little stars, you know, like with a little five stars of the review, which is another type of markup that you don't have to have on your website because you don't have reviews of your website on your website, but you can get people to review your site on listing sites and get the benefits of the review markup from those sites. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you can definitely do that, especially through like dedicated review sites. And I mean, I will say I am a huge advocate for putting some reviews and testimonials on your own site too. Uh, just when you're looking at conversion optimization, like that creates social proof, right? And, and subtly having a couple of reviews uh, that are specific to the type of uh, runner experience that you want to offer is incredibly important uh, and can and can really help a lot. If your course is known for having a ton of vert and being super tough and people see a couple of reviews uh, about your course having a ton of vert and being super tough, that's going to create that social proof in, in, in their mind and that is going to help with your conversion rate. Exactly. Last thing before we wrap up, and I think we touched on quite a few of these things now, is um, tools. So things that people can use for their um, SEO uh, research and work. What would you recommend? The tools that I would recommend uh, would be your Google Search Console. Uh, that's going to allow you to easily examine the, the kind of healthier site and help you with some of the keyword research. Uh, you can additionally use the Google Keyword Tool. And this is in AdWords. And again, this is a free tool. You'll just need an AdWords account to go out and do a bit of basic keyword research in order to understand generally what people might be looking for. The other tool that I would look at uh, for keyword research and, and trends would be Google Trends. And that will give you some suggestions. It will also allow you to kind of see when searches for specific baskets of keywords are going to peak. Then to do all your markup, I would look at the Google Structured Data Markup Helper tool. And that's going to, again, allow you to, you know, tell the spiders what information is on, on your site. Like, is this a date? Is this an answer to a question? Things like that. The other tool uh, that I really like is one called Moz, M-O-Z.com. And here's actually, this is like probably the number one free resource for people looking to learn more about SEO. And I, I send this to people all the time. It is the Moz, it's called the Moz Beginner's Guide to SEO. And it, it walks people through um, everything from what is search engine optimization to all, like really touches on all these points that we talked about and more today, much more eloquently than, than I'm able to uh, do it on a podcast. And, and uh, the Moz Beginner's Guide to SEO is like the best resource that I have found out there online. And uh, it's just a series of articles. So uh, that is something I would highly recommend to people as well. Then if you're starting to get a little bit more advanced into stuff, you wanna start maybe really tracking your keyword rankings outside. Like you can track them in Google Search Console, but if you wanna do some more advanced tracking, or if you want to start um, doing things like looking at what pages are linking to your competitors, you can start to use some of these paid tools like moz.com has a paid tool. Uh, another very popular one is Ahrefs. A lot of my friends use that. I've, I've, you know, looked into using myself them. included. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's a, that's, a, I'm a big fan. Yeah. It's a great, that's a great tool. It's, it's essentially like Moz and Ahrefs are 
pretty much the same thing. They just offer you slightly different things for slightly different price points. So depending on what you, you know, what you want to do. Um, yeah, those are some great tools as well. I, I think for most race directors out there, I don't really necessarily think you have to go too crazy on that stuff. I, th- I think just doing some basic keyword research and, and using something like Google search console is, is going to give you uh, a huge heads up and definitely, definitely go over the Moz beginner's guide to SEO. And I, I use like, I'm people listening to this won't see it, but I'm doing air quotes over beginners. Um, here, I'll do them so you can see it in our video window. There's the air quotes, uh, because it is something that is easy to understand, but is applicable to all levels. And I reference that thing all the time, all the time. And they keep it quite updated as well on finding new SEO best practices. Yeah, that's all That's all um, really uh, definitely stuff that people uh, want to check out. Uh, and it, it really won't take all that much time. I think people, really, race directors need to invest. They need to be a little bit smarter with SEO, I guess, right? I mean, it's not rocket science, particularly for a, for a, for a race website. But I think there's so much they can gain by just tweaking things a little bit in line with what we discussed. I would add two things here in terms of tools. I think for me, Google Search Console alone, again, if you have a website, you should have a Google Search Console account. Um, Then beyond that, you know what? One interesting um, way that I do keyword research sometimes is just google.com, right? So you start typing in like, first of all, you see what comes up in the queries that you're targeting, which is super helpful. Then at the bottom, Google has sort of like similar queries or people that, you know, may have phrased things a little bit differently to how you phrase them, which is important for when you're tweaking your content. And then also one thing, and it also, you know, I'm sure the Moz guide would have it, most people have it, is that when you actually start typing a query, let's say you start typing um, Vancouver 10K, and you stop there, you see all the autocomplete results that Google throws in that search query box. So basically, Google tells you what are the most popular queries that begin with London 10K, right? And that alone can inform you a lot about what you want to search for. Absolutely. You've just, I mean, you've just described my entire link building uh, <laughs> research uh, process right there. It is that is a it is an absolute fantastic way to um, to start looking for things, hundred percent. And if I may add something to the Moz resources that I that I've also been through and they're quite helpful, I'm also a huge fan of uh, Backlinko resources. Are you familiar with that? I'm, I'm not actually. No, I'm not familiar with that. So uh, Backlinko.com uh, was started by a guy called Dean something. Anyway, I think he's considered like the authority on backlinking and SEO and stuff. So he has tons of really, really, really in-depth articles. I think, I mean, exhaustively in-depth, you know, it's like, you know, like 40 minute reads or something, but uh, he's, he's poured a lot of work and hard-earned experience into that stuff. So I think alongside Moz, which has an excellent beginner's guide, I would definitely recommend people checking out backlinko.com. So that's back link o one word.com yeah and i think between all of these things and a bit of time and perseverance i think there's some there's some good results in in all of that if you want to decide to go down the seo route yeah absolutely like you know at the end of the day it's just create content that's going to be really helpful for people and make sure that um, your site is easy to navigate 
And then I think again, for, for event directors, go over some quick wins on your backlinking directory sites, other local what's going on event uh, websites, do a little bit of that, do a little bit of uh, quick, quick Googling to see kind of what um, other people are searching for and see if there are some list style articles that you can quickly get your race on, get an FAQ up on your website and then mark up some of your data, especially um, date, distance, register, you know, make sure Google knows that your website's about an event and then mark up those FAQs. If you do that, you are, you've done 75%, 80%. Uh, you've, you've covered the basics. Like, I mean, our, there, there you go. There's an hour and a half podcast in 15 seconds. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was a, like, that was a fantastic summary. And we actually needed that after an hour and a half. I think that's exactly the kinds of things that, that people want to, want to focus on. Corey, it's been a pleasure. It's been a great uh, hour and a half to be going over a topic that I also, uh, feel quite passionate about. Thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was uh I'm I'm really glad we 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 got to chat about this. That was uh that was great. I'm sure we'll have uh, more chances to chat probably even back on the podcast. Thanks uh, very much to everyone listening in and we will see you all on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode on SEO with my guest, RunGuide's media managing partner, Corey Jenneman. You can find more resources on anything and everything related to race directing on our website, racedirectorshq.com. You can also share your questions about building your own website, SEO, or anything else in our Facebook group, Race Directors Hub. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe or leave a review on your favorite player. And also check out the podcast back catalog for more great content like this. Until our next episode, take care and keep putting on amazing races.